be kind to yourselves, like work hard, you know, it'll happen. You gotta just get your head down. And you gotta be and be smart, you know? Try and be smart. Be like think think around the corners. Don't go straight down the lines. Think around the corners of how you're gonna how you get to where you wanna be. Welcome to the Behind the Scenes podcast. This is Michael Golab. I'm here today with Molly Wanzel. Molly is a talent agent and manager at 42, representing some of the industry's leading actors and casting directors. 42 is a fully integrated management and production company producing film, television and content, representing actors, writers, directors, comedians, presenters, producers, casting directors and media book rights, with offices in London and Los Angeles. Molly also runs the very successful true crime podcast Blood Ties with her father, Jeffrey Wanzel. We talk about the importance of emotional sensitivity, how hard work and perseverance are crucial to any success story, advice on how to approach an agent, the significance of a really good headshot, the importance of self-respect and confidence, the crucial skill of lateral thinking and so much more. And now, I bring you Molly Wanzel. Hi, Molly. How are you? Hi, I'm good, thank you. Thank you for having me. Oh, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Mm, it's a pleasure to be here. <laughs> what, do you, what do you love the most about being an agent? Um, the thing I love the most about being an agent is representing creative people. So I think that creative people, and obviously in my case, I represent mainly actors and some casting directors who I love dearly, have a different way of functioning in the world, like their brain works slightly differently from ours and or mine. <laughs> and um, I think that you have to have something very unique to be able to do a job which requires you to kind of put yourself solely out there for judgment. Not many other people do that. There's a kind of buffer between your work and you. Um, and I mm. think it, there is, I derive immense pleasure from finding these people who I have an affinity towards and whose talent I believe in and then working with them to get them to the best place that they can get to. Um, and doing it in such a way as to recognize what traits they have that make things difficult for them or make things stressful and noticing all of those things and working with them to detract, to take away as many of those as possible so that I am setting them up for the very best that they can be. Uh, that's my, that's, that's the thing I like the most. There's a lot of facets that make up being an agent. Like it's a strange job in that you have to be good at lots of things. And I'm not really good at all of them because I don't think any agent is. I think they have strengths in different areas. But I would say emotional sensitivity uh, is probably my biggest strength. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. And how did you, I mean, how did you get become good at that? Did you train that? <laughs> no, I don't think that, I think you just have it naturally. But I think, you know, my dad is a writer and I grew up in a house with a creative person who works freelance and I know uh -huh. what that's like and I am very conscious of what that means to be freelance to be searching out work to be you know going from job to job to face a lot of rejection you know I, I care deeply about what the people I'm working with are feeling I'm not a kind of automon saleswoman who's just 
this sometimes makes me sound like I'm not good at my job, which I am. But, you know, I don't I'm not just on the phone all the time being like, see this person do this, see this person do this. I'm much more targeted and kind of, um, yeah, I spend a lot more time thinking about my people. And that works for me because they end up working. So <laughs> it works out. Uh, well, this sounds like a great strength because sometimes, I mean, I don't know, it's I feel like the human element can can be missing so what you're saying is that you actually connect emotionally to situations and people. That is, I think that's a great strength. Yeah, that's my that's the thing I've worked out that I I do the best and I enjoy the most. And I think I think it's just it can be a weakness in some senses because when I was younger, when I first started out, it was not just in relation to my work, but in life generally, I'm a bit of a kind of emotional sponge or like soak up whatever someone else is putting out so I'll usually can sense what's wrong with someone or how someone feels or that kind of thing um and uh now I have much better boundaries <laughs> but back, back in the day I would you know I feel I feel it I feel it I feel you know I've, I have to give a lot of no's to people and I have people getting down to the last two for things and not getting them and you know I hand out a lot of rejection and and I feel it and I, I you know I I I've always felt that um I've always I've always said when it comes to representation that it is not about handling someone being in work like anybody can represent someone who's working and have that relationship <laughs> that's easy but the real difficult thing is representing someone when they're not working and dealing with that relationship like that's the that's the part that's really the significant so, uh, yeah. That's incredible. I've never heard anyone put it this way. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Well, that's what I, I, I do. I do the job differently to other people. And I always have done. And I've always felt like I, um, it was important to me to do it in this particular way. And I, I had to do it with integrity and with honesty and with kindness and with heart. And that is not how agents are traditionally, talent agents yeah. specifically, are traditionally seen. Um, and, you know, I've been told in the past that I wouldn't be good and I would never get anywhere because I don't hustle or whatever. I do hustle. I just do it in a different way. <laughs> I, so it's, um, it's, to me, it's, it's all about the people, I think. You know, that's the thing. Um, I might lead to a later question, but I would say the greatest mistake people can make is forgetting that their talent and, and the other people around the talent, that they have feelings and they're real people. Because you become, you know, actors can become this sort of sense of being some kind of commodity. And, you know, you're given, like, look, do this tape, do this audition, da-da-da-da. Oh, you didn't get it. Oh, this, you know, just all oh, one thing to the next. Oh, it doesn't matter. Oh, we'll change this. We'll do this differently. And you have, it's, it, you are so impotent as an actor. You have no control over anything. The only thing you can do is obviously when you get a part is that you can inhabit that and do that and play that role. And that can be the thing that you have control over. Outside of that, you just have no control over anything. And it's such a disabling feeling. Like, you don't pay yourself your own wage. Like, you pay your wage doesn't get paid to you. It gets paid to someone else. If you, you know, mm. you, you, you don't know when your work's coming. You're waiting for someone to call you to tell you that it is. Like, it's, it's a really weird job. <laughs> and if you, I think, 
it's important for us to be very conscious of that um, and to make people feel more secure because the more secure they feel and the better represented they feel, the more likely they will be to do well because that's how people work. How do you make your clients feel more secure? By having this relationship with them where they feel that they can be completely honest with me, where I talk ah, I to see. them totally honestly, where I communicate with them the whole time. I'm always pick up the phone, let's talk it out, let's work out what we need to do. You have to give as much attention to an agent-client relationship as you do to any personal relationship, you know? I've mm. said it many mm. times, but it's more, it can be more codependent than a marriage because it's two people relying on each other for employment, it's a, it's a, it's a very it's a very specific and you need to dedicate you need to work on it especially if you want it to last a long time which I yeah do. yeah and, you know I've always felt the marker of a very good agent client relationship or a good agent is one who's represented the same people for years and years oh yeah P yeah yeah I agree yeah absolutely because mm. mm. yeah. it's it's I've mentioned that before in a previous episode. It's like this long-term thinking that I find is often well missed or what people don't think long-term enough. Where mm. like short-term success, short-term money, and they forget that, like you said, like the, the human element. Mm. Yeah, and also that a career lasts 70 years if you're, or 60 years or 50 years if you're good at it. Do you know what I mean? It's like, so you, you want to look at everything like that adage, like, you know, it's a marathon, not a sprint kind of thing. It's oh, like, yeah, you know, people worry so much. They'll come, my young ones especially, or, or not even just my, you know, go through a period of not working or this or that or something will happen. It'll be like, oh, it's not happening. I'm not booking anything. What will happen? Da, da, da. And I'm like, it's all good. I'm like, you're 25. <laughs> like, it's fine. <laughs> like, you just yeah. have to keep doing what you're doing. It will work itself out. Like, you know, it happens. But you've got to be working with someone smart who's like, okay, strategically, this path we're taking isn't working or like we need to change this slightly so we can start getting different kind of roles or you've done loads of theatre now, we need to do screen, how are we going to do that? Like how we, you know, you got to... That's the fun part. Yeah. One of the fun parts. Hmm. Do you, well, do you have a letting go ritual, anything you do? To find peace at the end of a stressful day? No, not really. I don't, but about five years into doing the job and I was an assistant sort of working my way up and it was incredibly stressful. It's very, very hard to assist successful agents. <laughs> and it's a really, it, it, the natural way that people work is very high octane very demanding very busy like our industry expects this turnaround and this level of work and this level of commitment all of which I completely you know I appreciate we need to work hard and stuff like that but you know after about five years I just thought Do you know what I just I am not going to let this keep worrying me in the way that it's worrying me so I don't you know, I'm very much a person who tries to have boundaries in terms of work and I don't work late unless I really need to. Obviously, there's going to be exceptions to all of these things, but I'm not one of those people who's like reading their emails at three o'clock in the morning and responding. I don't really think that that's, a, that's appropriate. It's sort of no way to live. And I really, I really hated the way that I was treated as an assistant. And that's really normal, uh, unfortunately, but I, um, 
but but I made a sort of decision that I wouldn't repeat that behavior and that I would treat my assistants and people I worked with in a completely different way and and actually this job can be really fun and um it can be it doesn't need to be stressful I mean I'm always going to be worrying about certain things which is like anybody who's not working I'm probably going to wake up thinking oh god I really need to get so and so a job or like I hope they're okay I need to check in on them you know I think the natural assumption from actors is oh you know I'm not booking anything therefore and I'm the person who's always like oh I feel exactly the same way but the other way around um yeah Mm. do you know the French series Call My Agent yeah of course yeah what do you think of it yeah, it's great. I mean, I'm just so thrilled that there's some kind of representation of us in the media that so so yeah. people can see what my <laughs> job is like. My mum's friends are watching it now and they're like, so is this really what Molly's job's like? And my mum's like, yeah, and they can't believe it, you know. But it's just nice because no one really knows what to associate what I do or how I do it because it's not something, it's not visible, you know, and it's, you know, it's like casting directors, like, thankfully you know, through work, they're getting a lot more visibility. But, you know, if you ask anybody on the street who cast their favourite film, they wouldn't be able to tell you. But it's such an important thing. Such, such an important thing. Mm. For our listeners, Call My Agent is a is a series about agents, basically. And it's very funny. It's on Netflix. Uh, yeah, it's, it's really French. Good. They're making an English version of it now. Mm. Um, yeah, it's very good. It's very well made. It's very French, though. French agent- agenting and agencies are slightly different from English ones. I'm sure it's a little bit exaggerated, but it's just the situations are hilarious, yeah. Mm. Mm. What advice would you give to your younger self? Just to worry less. <laughs> mm. Stress less, as they used to say. Uh, I was always just so worried about everything. I just didn't have a good time because I was just so worried. I needed to be working harder, doing better, be better, be better. You know, and I think, you know, I am just naturally a conscientious person and I am doing a good job. And, yeah, I just would cut myself some slack and go out and enjoy myself a bit more. <laughs> um, I can't, can't get that back, sadly. Uh, any specific th- stuff, any specific things you do now in order to, well, worry less? Do you just talk to yourself like Molly Worryless or is there anything specific? <laughs> no, 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 no. But I have like, I do, yeah, I do all of those things that you start to do when you start getting older and you start thinking about where you are in life. And, you know, I do work on myself and take more time for myself. And, and also just remember, you know, what we're doing is not brain surgery, no, what we're doing is actually really fun and we're really lucky to be doing it. And if you do it in the right way, it's a really nice job. It's like get to work with really wonderful people. I absolutely love my clients, all of them. Like they're brilliant. And, you know, it's such a thrill to be doing what I'm doing. I just try and remember that. And, you know, it's like and it, it, it will be all right. I've done it long enough to know, like, it will be fine. <laughs> so there's not too much point in being really really worried about things because so it comes from experience basically it doesn't help Hmm. well yeah yeah, totally because it's you know you just I remember like one of my first weeks in my first job uh 
my I said to my boss like, oh, this person wants this car to this at this time, and da, 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 and I just thought that's impossible. She was like, Molly, nothing is impossible. Like, <laughs> if we need to get something done, we'll get it done. She was right. Like, you know, you can, you everything is solvable. So there just isn't that much point. Like things go wrong and it's bad, and I've I've had to deal with some difficult experiences for sure. But in the end, you know, it's it, you know, it's entertainment. <laughs> it's it's not it's not brain surgery or you know, we're not it's not world peace. There's a lot of stuff that is super stressful. <laughs> uh, so I think it's remembering that. It's probably connected to not taking oneself too seriously as well, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, I suppose so. But I mean, I you know, I think I I take my I take my work seriously and my but but I just yeah, it's just having perspective. People become very introverted and they become so focused on something or behaving in a certain way or dealing with things in a certain way that they lose all sense of themselves. I've Look, I've been at the receiving end of it many times. You know, I just made a decision in my life that I wasn't going to behave like that. And if people chose to treat me in that way or be, be cross or aggressive or, you know, stressed or this, that and the other, then, you know, that's that's on them. Like when someone shouts at you or has a go or blah, 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 any of that stuff, that is so much more to do with them than you. Oh, yeah. Projection. You know? Yeah, yeah. so it's mm. it's just... Mm. You know, it's just about remembering to have your back. Like, look, I'll get cross when necessary. And when I do, people take me seriously. You know, that was always my that was always my thing when I was training. My boss was like, phone production and shout at them and tell them you need this, that and the other. And I was like, no, I no, I'm not going to do that. What I'm going to do is phone production and be like, you guys are working really hard. I'm so grateful for the help you've given me. This is what I need. Can you help? What's the best way for me to do this to make it easy for both of us? then people help you when you're nice and polite and helpful people help you and then when you're in trouble and you really need something sorted out quickly they will help you because they know you're being genuine you know if you always operate at a level of of like stress and anxiety and like pushy and bossy and cross and da 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 then people are like oh they're always like that <laughs> I just don't, you know, integrity and how I behave and treat other people and looking at myself in the mirror and being happy with who I am and how I've behaved and how I've treated people on a single day is so important to me. Uh, and I have seen many, many people in this industry compromise that because I don't know why they think that's appropriate, but that's on them. <sighs> yeah, yeah. Oh, it's a big thing. Uh, what you just said is that at the end of the day, you can look yourself in the mirror and and know that you've done your best at mm. being a, yeah. And that's I think that's a big thing because at the end of the day, we know that what we've done is wrong. Yeah, if exactly. It is wrong. Yeah, you do know. Yeah. So yeah, uh, what would be your main advice to what would be your main advice to someone who'd like to succeed as an actor or filmmaker? Because you've kind of answered about. Being agents. Well, it's actually the same. It's just you got to just work hard and persevere. Like if you really want to do it, you just got to keep going. And it's 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 it sucks sometimes. (laughs) But um, if you really want it, but you've got to really want to do it. And that's the same with my job. Like if you if you want to do it, you've got to really want to do it. And it's the same with acting. Like if you want to do it enough, you just got to keep pushing. Like keep trying. 
keep persevering, like keep going and you will, um, I, I, I believe that the sort of, I don't know who said there's a quote about something being like the convergence of like hard work and luck, but basically. Oh our, yeah. That's our, Daniel Kahneman, I think. Yeah. But it's, it, that is exactly what it is. It's like 10, 10% luck and 90% hard work. It's just like, then you need a little bit of, you know, magic dust on it. But essentially... That's so true, yeah. Yeah. But if you multiply one of these variables by zero, you have zero. So if you multiply a lot of luck with zero, well, yeah, hard, hard work. work, then you have zero. And the other way around as well. If you have just hard work and no luck, it's it's difficult. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it is. Yeah. And it's not, it's not fair. Yeah. The industry is not fair. So it's like, you can't just say, oh, I... I you know, I, I'm really talented, but I don't get parts. Well, everything isn't just based on talent anymore. It's based on a whole bunch of stuff. And, like, you have to just keep... If you really believe in yourself, you've got to just keep going. And it's frustrating because you'll always see this one person who just left drama school or got street cast in something, and now it's become a massive hit and their blood, you know. But everybody's journey is different. And you have to have t- t- total faith in your journey and where you want to get to and it's not easy that's the other thing to understand you know I wouldn't wish that on anyone I can't think of anything worse than being an actor I mean I love them I make my living working with them but like boy oh boy it's tough it's so tough (laughs) Uh, yeah so I think you have to just be ready for the fight no it's not easy go in you know eyes wide open so make sure you you really love it and persevere. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. How has a failure or apparent failure set you up for later success? Do you have a favorite failure? A favorite failure. I mean, I I I mainly uh, I would say mainly just through my education. I went to university and I dropped out of university because I didn't like it and I, did, I didn't get proper advice when I did my A-levels and I applied for the wrong degree and I really struggled and I dropped out for a year and I worked for a year and I had always been a year ahead at school. So I was much... So I was like ahead. I was really young when I left school. But by the time I actually got to university to do my actual degree, I was much older than everyone else. Um, and I think that all of that was invaluable. I feel that the life experience that I gained going through those things. And I was super sheltered, so I wouldn't say I still had a lot, I still have a lot of learning to do. But I think it helped me... It, yeah, that helped me. I don't, I, it just helped me gain some perspective and seeing what the world was and how it worked, which I didn't have before because I'd had quite a sheltered upbringing. So that series of events was helpful to me by the time I got to doing my job. Um, I think it helped me with that kind of emotional sensitivity thing I was talking about before and understanding people. Um, but oh man, I failed at tons of stuff. I mean, who hasn't? What would your, well, actually, yeah, what would your advice be to a director, actor, writer, casting director and how to approach an agent and how to not approach an agent? Uh, Well, I get tons of submission letters, as you can probably imagine. I mean, it is not easy. I get it. Do you know what I mean? I get it. It's not easy finding an agent. It, It just isn't. And obviously it helps if you'll manage to go through one of the more conventional 
streams and you go to drama school or film school or whatever and you know everyone sees you in your showcase or watches your films and you know all the agents go and that stuff but you know when you get to like my stage or later in life later down your career as an agent you don't do that as much I mean some some like some big agents that go to all the drama school showcases and I try and go to them but I don't have the capacity you know I could probably only sign like one or two people a year do you know what I mean I've already got quite a full list I really want to make sure I'm dedicating time to those people so but you know within that I also represent people who have literally written to me cold off the back of nothing and I've seen their photo and I've watched their self-tape and I've just been like yeah that person's really interesting so that does happen (laughs) um I think having presenting yourself headshots guys like gotta be good (laughs) if you're an actor (laughs) uh I I mean I've got clients that I represent who have terrible headshots and like it's hard some people just don't take good photos which is a worry if you're an actor but it happens um uh it's the first thing we look at i'm sorry but it is so and please make sure it looks like you i don't like headshots that don't look like someone or look staged or kind of faux uh they really bother me i'd much rather have a photo of you that your friend took at the kitchen table because it looks like you and it kind of conveys a sense of you i i much prefer that um when you write to someone, be smart about who you approach. You know, the reason that I managed to sign, you know, the person who wrote to me off the back of nothing was I just moved to a new agency. I was starting growing my list. I was younger. I was, you know, like, be smart. Like, look into the agencies. Look at the agents. Look at who they represent. You know, do your research. Find who's, I mean, that's harder to do. Find who's going to be kind of coming off a desk as an assistant and being promoted. But just keep your eye out for the kind of younger, the younger ones. And, you know, I think because those people have small lists and they're hungry and they're, you know, they need work. (laughs) So um, that helps. And just be targeted. You know, I really make sure... I mean, I try to reply to people who write to me as long as they write my name. Anyone who writes Dear Agent can go straight in the bin. So that's a big no-no. You know, make the effort to find out someone's name for a start. And yeah, you know, it helps if you say, I really like your list, I like so-and-so, I like the work they've done. Or, you know, if it's possible to say, I know so-and-so, or, you know, having a connection in some way is more likely to get you a response. But again, that's just a bit of luck as well. <laughs> I get I get it. I really get it. It's, it's really hard because I have to turn down lots of people every week. So I know that it is. Um... But, uh, but yeah, it's, again, it comes under the perseverance thing. It's like, and be smart, be targeted about what you're doing. You don't just, like, throw stuff into the wind and be like, oh, this will work. You know, that's not going to (laughs) work. You know, if necessary, generate your own work. You know, make sure you have a scene that you've taped that you can send or a self-tape or... You know, I don't know as much about filmmakers because obviously I don't represent them. But, you know, I know from my colleagues that it would be a similar thing. Like, have good writing samples. Have, you know, have these things. 
casting director is slightly different because you you will have worked as an assistant as you would like an agent and then you you'll go from there and and grow off off a company and set up on your own you would have relationships with agents by that point so you probably work out who you're gonna who you'd like to represent you yeah and is there a way for people to find out who's an assistant who's gonna start not, building not this? really probably, no. not really yeah <laughs> no um no not really i mean unless you were like I mean, yeah, this is sort of... You'd have to be very smart and have a very good tracking system, but if you <laughs> yeah. emailed an agent and their assistant responded, you could kind of keep tabs on where that person was. Do you know what I mean? Because you could then be like, check in and be like, oh, hey, you know, is Molly looking for someone now? Are you going to be looking to start your own list at any point? That kind of thing. Um, yeah, that might work and I, and that's sort of worth it especially with people who are assistants on the bigger desks they're probably the ones who are most likely to get promoted next the assistants that are the highest level agents ah interesting really interesting yeah. also it's great advice about I mean the, the headshots it's something that I've neglected for a very long time because okay, I thought well oh, that's you know. no good that's yeah, because you yeah. think like, oh, good good acting will persevere, but it won't unless, you know... If, it's if the first thing anyone good. looks at. I'm sorry, exactly, but yeah. I'd like yeah. to say it's different, but send a, something to a casting director, first thing they look at. For us now, I don't look at your CV. I look at your picture, and then I'm going to look at the link the link you've sent me. Yeah, absolutely. It's the first thing that people see. Yep. It's so important. So yeah. important. And so many people neglect it or do it badly uh, or get like, one, one... Yeah, I mean, there have been some funny trends. I remember when I was when I first started, there was this one photographer who took loads of people's headshot, and she it was always men, and she always made them wear a black polo neck. So there were just like <laughs> hundreds of young actors dotted around in this black polo neck. So wow. odd. Looking like um, Roger Moore in. Yeah, uh, <laughs> funny. it was very odd, but yeah, yeah. Um, it's so important. In fact, one of my clients who's really successful now, who I signed from drama school when I was, you know, 26 and she was 22 or something, she, um, I remember at the time, she, I said, she, I, I saw her at a show at drama school and, you know, said, I'd love to meet you. And I did. And it was great. And we, and um, she's, I said, you know, I love your headshot. And she's like, I had to fight super hard to get this headshot. My drama school wanted me to use this one. And they, because they had organized for someone to do all the headshots. And she quite rightly and savvily was like, that's not a good picture of me. And she like pushed and pushed and pushed to let them use this other one. This makes a big difference. Wow. Uh, who, uh, do you have any favorite photographers, headshot photographers, actually? Uh... Who do I like? Ruth Crafer, I really like. Oh, I uh, love her. Yeah, I've I've gone yeah. with her lately. I've gone yeah. with her, and I think she's brilliant. She's she captures great. something very unique. Yeah, like there's some character because yeah. I find I don't know how you feel about headshots, but I find that oftentimes it looks a bit like a passport picture. Yeah, I can't be doing with that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's and why she I really, said. Yeah. yeah, she's great. She's she's taken photos of some of my clients who there were moments where mm. I was like, I don't know if we'll ever get a good photo of you. <laughs> <laughs> okay oh, she's um, brilliant i couldn't recommend her more yeah she's 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 been great um for for me for my list for sure but yeah um i think that it's also just 
you know, there was a, a friend of mine, Kurum, he takes a lot of photos and he does a lot of headshots for us now. Um, I think you can find him on Instagram and I'll send you his details. But he's, um, do you know what I mean? Oh, he's what's just, his name? His first name is Kurum. His surname, I think, is Mizra, but I would need to look, Mizra, look it up. Um, oh, cool. But he, you know, he's just a young guy who is into photography and filmmaking and he does headshots. And like, again, he's just, yeah, he gets really nice, captures a really nice sense of a person. And I hate the old fashioned headshot. I just think that's just dead in the water. No yeah, good. and it's just incredible how long it's persevered. It's just, it just literally tells you nothing about the person. Yeah, yeah, mm. it's pretty rubbish. Mm. In fact, mm. yeah. Well, why is it important to keep creating good theatre and good films? Why is storytelling important? Oh yeah, you did this. So this is a funny one for me. I I I love storytelling, and you know, I love. I mean, I did an English degree. I love. I love books, I love theatre, I love film, I love TV, but I am, I didn't get into this job because I am a cinephile. I don't do this job, a lot of people get into this job because they love TV and film. And like, that is not, I do it because of the creative people. I do it because of the personalities. I do it because I love, I love managing careers. That's what I, that's my jam. I love it so much. Um, But I'm still learning about, you know, the great filmmakers and, you know, <laughs> playwrights. And I I enjoy the journey that I'm on, learning more, being in my business, being around these people and having this incredible opportunity to see incredible theatre and, you know, read amazing scripts and see them come to life and, you know, see my actors portray characters. And it's important because it's it's what gives us life, you know. My dad always says the good thing about entertainment is it's basically recession-proof because people always need to be entertained. Like, <laughs> it, it, will never, it will never stop. Yeah. There will always be people who want to create and want to tell and their audience is always there, you know. So it... it it never stops being important and it's personal to everyone. And I just think it's a joy to go on the journey of your life to to, to be exposed to more of it. You know, I, I really made an effort in the last few years to start going to as much theatre as I could and I'd go to stuff on my own a lot and I just, oh, I just love it so much. And I never really, I never did any, like, theatre modules in my degree... I wasn't hugely into it, but now I just just feel astounded and amazed to be in a position where I can go and watch actors tell these stories. And we're so lucky to have the theatre scene that we do in London. I would say, though, it is a little exclusive because it's very expensive. But <laughs> yeah, uh, but it's but it it's amazing. And I, I'm learning all the time as a result of that. And, you know, being exposed to it because of what I do. And but I also... I also like not to do that sometimes and watch, you know, 24 hours in A&E because it'd not work. Because sort of <laughs> all theatre and film and TV and stuff, in a way, uh, becomes a bit like work to me because it's it's tied up in something else. So I also like more, yeah, simple things. It's so true as well that storytelling is especially important during dark times, isn't it? When, yeah. Yeah, badly. exactly. I mean, even if we look yeah. at where we are now and, you know, 
you, even if you look at the success of shows that have come out during COVID that like I don't think that a lot of them would have done as well if it wasn't for the fact that we're all stuck at home watching stuff like it's completely changed the light it has changed the landscape you know in a way that is remarkable and you know during the first lockdown when no actors could go to set and production shut down we you know we would we were done like we did have nothing to do but our literary team were rushed off their feet because people were like right we need content like we need content who is making what who is coming up with what ideas who is writing what and now you know we see the flip side of that that you know this, the UK is just teeming with filming work. Like, it's just everywhere. Like, <laughs> that's probably not an ideal thing to say if you're an actor and you're like, why can I not get a job? <laughs> and a lot of my actors aren't working, so I do appreciate that. But there is a lot of stuff going on. You know, Marvel are making I don't know how many things. Disney have booked out Pinewood to 2025. You know, it's just... It's just... It's just people just want content. There are so many more platforms. There's so, you know... So everyone's... Yeah. I don't know if that dilutes the quality or not, but amongst it are still still gems, so it's all good. And there's plenty of room for the the different the different stories to tell. Mm. Is there anything you used to believe strongly that you've changed your mind on recently, in the last few years? Mm. I mean, I think that probably is, you know, tied up with the be kinder to yourself, worry less thing in for me you know yeah I think I think I used to believe that I was not good enough a lot and I think a lot of people suffer with confidence and all of that kind of thing and I think you need to get to a stage in your life where you learn to respect yourself and what you do and I, I, I remember I remember um Quite recently, a colleague of mine who had worked with me at my previous agency, she was, I sort of trained her. She'd gone to another agency and she'd like signed this incredible actor and they were doing incredibly well. It was like a massive deal. And I was with her and another colleague of hers who was also had an actor who was doing incredibly well and she was going to Cannes for the, they were both going to Cannes. And, you know, <laughs> and I just thought, oh my God, they're going to Cannes and they've got da 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 da. And then I stopped myself and I was like, I have had a client with a filming competition at Cannes. I have a client, I've had a client with a film and director's fortnight at Cannes. I've had a client who was a shooting star at Berlin. I've had a client, but I didn't remember any of that stuff. I didn't remember that I'm their age and have had all of these things. And of course, it's wonderful that they're having them too. I was just like, oh, they've got all this, I don't have it. And I didn't, I didn't, I just didn't take the time to think you've had, you, you, you do have it. (laughs) You, you did it. Like, you've done all these amazing things. Like, I have had the most incredible experiences. I have been so incredibly lucky. I can't tell you how easy it is to forget all of the stuff you've done because you're just worrying in that present moment that you're not good enough. And and that's probably the thing, you know, especially in our industry, and this applies to actors and agents and all creatives and, and all of us, right? We're looking around being like that person's doing really well <laughs> and totally taking the eye off the ball of, that we should be looking at which is what we're doing and how well we're doing uh i think comparison you know what that that 
quote, Roosevelt quote, comparison is the thief of joy, is so true. Just, just don't, don't compare yourself to other people. And I used to do it all the time. And it's not helpful. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's not good another, for you. Another nice quote that I, that I read is um, that we, we usually, when we compare ourselves, we cherry pick. So we'd like, you know, this person's eyes or this person's looks or this person's career. But if we, we, if we had to swap everything with the other person, we wouldn't be happy. Mm, so that's true. that I find puts things into perspective. Yeah, like I wouldn't true. like to swap everything. I wouldn't like to, you know, so yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah and the exactly. confidence, you mentioned confidence. Is, I think it's a big thing too, because it's easy to, to be extreme. I mean, it's easy to be either really pushy and like seemingly confident or yeah. too modest. Yeah, I guess I thought, line yeah, I suppose to, I mean more, mm. you know, have, you know, have self-respect, self-worth. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, you mean like the the real thing, the yeah. real thing that comes from, yeah, experience yeah. and work and not yeah. anything put on. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. Exactly. It's, yeah, absolutely. But that's hard. But I also appreciate that those things, these are things that I'm, I have learned and I am learning over time. These are, and I don't expect anybody to feel like that in their 20s or, you know, it's it, growing up and what is expected of us and where we're expected to be at life, in life, as we go through it is quite extraordinary and it just takes time to grasp all this stuff. It just really, oh, yeah, and even yeah. if you're even if you're super smart or you've had the most amazing upbringing, and your parents have like told you all this stuff, and you're just really well rounded, and actually putting into practice is really hard. It gets easier as you get older because yeah, yeah, yeah. You, and also come, you just yeah. think I can't be bothered anymore. Yeah, 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 mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Yeah, we've come full circle. It's a long term, long term thinking again, isn't it? Yeah. Marathon, not a sprint. Exactly, yeah. exactly mm. that. Yeah, so important. Mm. So true. Mm. Cool. Um, so the way you diverge from the crowd, like unpopular beliefs and stuff, you'd say it's the the, the human element that we mentioned. Yeah. Before, isn't it? Mm. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. I'm. It just that does just make me slightly different from other people i hope that i'm training an army of young people who feel the same because i've trained quite a few <laughs> i've trained quite a few yeah. assistants by now all of whom i sort of drill in to <laughs> with my with my philosophies um but everyone's different so you know we all approach this differently but i, I like to think that having that attitude and approach around my colleagues in all of the work that we do. And, you know, and there's a, there's more of us, I guess, at 42 who feel that way. And that's one of the main reasons I went there. So, um, that freedom to be, to be you and to, to behave in the way that's right for you. And, you know, I think it's, I, I hope it's, I hope it's rubbing off. (laughs) Mm, mm, mm. What are your plans for the future? What are the main things on your bucket list? I don't mean, I don't really have, I don't have huge plans. I mean, I just want to keep doing what I'm doing. I want to enjoy myself. I want my clients to do well. And, you know, I just want a simple, a simple life where I think when I was (laughs) at school and people are like, what do you want to do when you're older? I would say two things. One is I would like to be headhunted because I like the idea of someone seeking me out and working out that I'm a person that they want because I'm good. Uh, And I also want to be well-respected in my field of work. 
I didn't, you know, so it's, to me, it's the same, that self-respect thing. I think being respected, uh, being well-liked and respected in my field is my goal. And I think if you... And I, I want that from all the sides of the people that I work with, the ones I represent and the people that I work with on a day-to-day basis, you know, casting directors and producers and all these people. Uh, yeah, that's what I that's what I long for. Um, and to be happy. How do you work on being happy, apart from being a good agent and caring about <laughs> people? But by investing that uh, methodology, the same methodology into your life, which is to treat people with respect and kindness and to do that to yourself also. Mm. Keeping an inner scorecard, basically. Mm. Yeah, I guess so. And also, like, just do work Do work on yourself. Like, it's really important. Like, read and learn. And I guess, you know, during lockdown, I found out, I, I felt incredibly exposed to the fact that I didn't know anything. I've never felt that way before. I think it was partly, you know... It was a lot of time for reflection and I started doing, you know, and BLM happened and I started I started questioning and thinking about life in a way that I never had done before and I started reading commentary and I started reading non-fiction for the first time in my life and uh-huh. I just I just have become completely enthralled by what I can learn and I feel uh. this passion for learning again like I did when I was at university and i wish i had more time to to learn more but i'm just kind of greedy for greedy for learning and knowing you know that i don't that i don't know anything and you can do that in such a fun way like i watched mrs america with my mom and you know she'll talk to me about what gloria steinem did and then i'll be like okay cool i need to go and read her book and then i need to read like you know and then i then write down all these feminism books from the 60s i want to read or like you know that's so and i watched the crown with my mum because she can tell me about what was happening at the actual time and so it's such a joyous experience for me to like share that with her and you know to learn from that or yeah so i don't know there's loads of loads of ways to just enrich i found it's yeah lots of ways to enrich your life do you have a favorite book do you have a book that's changed you do i have a favorite book my favorite book is david copperfield by Charles dickens oh really wow i love that book so much i mean i'm obsessed with 19th century literature and, and i obsessed with victorians and i wish i was born in 1810 but i wasn't so <laughs> okay but if i was oh. yeah there's a whole nother side to me that's just loves all that stuff but i mean that will probably uh. change in time but you know i did my I did my degree, uh, I basically did 19th century literature and I just absolutely love it. Um, and so, so yeah, I was a big, a big reader. I also absolutely love the book I Capture the Castle by Dodie Smith. I don't know if you've ever uh-huh. read that. Um, I haven't read that. It no. has been made into a film. I think Romola Garay is in it. Um, it just perfectly encapsulates how I felt when I was young, that book. Oh, like could you the read narrative, the title, please? I capture the castle. I capture the castle. Yeah, it, the narrative mm. voice is exactly how my narrative voice sounds. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so oh, fascinating. Yeah, it's um, yeah, it's uh, 
yeah, but no, this really appeals to me. Yeah. That's really cool. Wow. Yeah. I also want to mention at this point that, uh, well, Molly has her own, you have, a, you, you have your own podcast. I do, yeah. Uh, I do also have a podcast. It's called Blood <laughs> Ties, right? Yeah, it's a true crime podcast I have with my dad. <laughs> it's, uh, it's really entertaining and sad and dark and it's, it's really good. Yeah, you have to sort of eke out that it's a tricky one because obviously we're talking about death and murder a lot of the time, but weirdly some of the episodes are lighter than others. Um, uh, so so yeah, but the the general idea is is that my father tells the story of the particular case each week, and I am a lay person, and I hopefully ask the questions that you would ask if you were listening. Um, so and I suppose I'm very lucky because my dad and I are very close so we have a very specific dynamic um and that is I guess that's our USP I don't think there are that many father-daughter <laughs> podcasts yeah. um but yeah it's, it's it's really fun and I really enjoy doing it so um yeah I'm not I'm not a stranger to a podcast we've been doing it over three years we have recorded a lot of episodes so <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, everyone make sure to check it out again. It's Blood Ties. Blood Ties. Mm. Yeah. Thank you. That's very kind. Very good. Thank you. Oh yeah, I wouldn't. You know, I wouldn't. I wouldn't recommend anything that I didn't believe in. So I really think it's really good. <laughs> okay. Appreciate that. Uh, uh, and yeah, any any parting words, last thoughts you'd like to share with our listeners? No, just thank you for listening, and I hope it's been interesting. <laughs> um yeah i mean all of the stuff i said in there which are lessons to myself i think are good for all of us but you know be kind be kind to yourselves like work hard you know it'll happen just you gotta just get your head down and you gotta be and be smart you know try and be smart be like think think around the corners don't go straight down the lines think around the corners of how you're gonna how you get get to where you want to be uh nobody's path is the same trust your journey um but yeah it's yeah it's i know it's tough i know it's tough but it is possible would be my my advice (laughs) if it comes to thinking around corners uh i'm sure a lot of people have heard of it edward de bono wrote a book a few books actually about lateral thinking i think he actually came up with this term lateral thinking so if any of the listeners want to check out how to think around quarters, I think that's a good start. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cool. But you know what I mean, though. You just need to be, you need to be a bit savvy about how oh, you yeah, get yeah. to where you need to be because it's, mm, cause mm-hmm. it's uh, really competitive. This is an oversaturated market that we work in. So Yeah, absolutely. It's not enough to post selfies on Instagram. Nope. <laughs> no. Cool. Well, not to do what we want to do. That cool. does work. Like, hats off to those people. Like my friend messaged me the other day and was like, look at this woman on Instagram. It's just this really lovely looking young lady who was selling vintage clothes. And the way that she did that was she dressed in the clothes and then she danced in them. Uh-huh. And he was like, how smart is that? And I was like, that is smart. I was like, that young person is using what they've got and they're making it work for them. And I'm so impressed by people that can do that. I am so impressed by people that choose to like influence or have utilized social media or do that stuff. Like it is not for me, but like good on you if you, if you got it. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. Know? And it's, it's again, it's a creative, like you said, it's a creative, she, she's found her, her yeah. own creative approach. Exactly. I yeah. mean, personally, I think being an influencer or social media or whatever must be exhausting, but 
But, you know, if you do it and do it well, good on you. And that is also hard work and perseverance. Same thing. So, yeah. Cool. Uh, brilliant. Yeah. Thanks so much, Molly. Genuinely, that was, that was a really fascinating conversation. Mm. I didn't I didn't know about your the way you think. I found it really fascinating. But you know what? Actually, I think it's probably more common than you would think. Like, I've done a few panels with other young agents and they're... You know, they're not dissimilar. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's just really difficult to find these people because I find like it's exactly like you said. There's this businessy approach oftentimes. Yeah, like, that's not it's how I tough. want to work. That's not yeah. how I want to work. Yeah, yeah. That's not why artists get into this whole job. In order yeah, to be, you know, but like yeah, finding so a good client agent client relationship is 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 hard. And I guess you know it does it does get it gets around. I suppose if you are one of the people who happens to have a relationship with your agent, that's you know, because you you know I can start working with someone and and then it be completely different to what they've had before, you know, and just completely change someone's life like so easily just by doing my job in my normal way. If they've come from a place where they feel scared to call their agent or they don't have a relationship or they push them to do stuff they don't want to do or yeah. all this stuff. That's so true. Also, that the scared thing, that this fear thing. I That's my like absolute worst thing. When I meet someone and I'm like, "Have you spoken to your agent?" And they're like, "Oh, I don't, I don't really speak to them, or I don't really like to call them." And it's weird. How does this dynamic even come about? It's been, it's been on my mind recently. I'm like, how does I this happen? I don't know. I think, yeah. I think there's so a sense of like, if you're the agent, you hold all the power, and if you're a client and you're not doing well, then you're low down in the rung, and you're you're not making money so you're not worthy of time and i and i just don't believe that in any way Mm. Mm. absolutely everybody's worthy of time great thanks so much molly that's been absolutely brilliant no problem thank you thank you for listening if you find this podcast valuable there are many ways you can support it You can leave a review on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher or wherever you happen to listen to it and you can share it on social media. It really does help other listeners find us. And make sure to subscribe to get the next episode. Thanks so much for your support.